Welcome to the Rise of the Challenge podcast. Joining me today, he's a podcast host, content creator, film director, and American Ninja Warrior finalist. It's Zach Day. How are you doing today, Zach? What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me on, Alex. We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your Rise to the Challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what did you like doing growing up? Yeah, man. So uh, I'm from uh, New Jersey, born in New Jersey. Moved to Pennsylvania right across the Delaware River when I was like two or three years old. And I just yeah, remember when I when I was growing up, um, I wanted to be a New York Yankee. I wanted to be like just like Derek Jeter. He's actually on my wall over here. And uh, yeah, man, that's what I wanted to do growing up. My dad put a baseball glove in my hand pretty much as soon as I could walk. And uh, yeah, life was pretty much just all about baseball growing up until I was until I got to high school. And then uh, high school, for some reason, I just like, I just dropped it for some reason. I don't know why. I think it was because uh, I was playing with high school kids. The high school coach recruited me. And uh, I just, I got thrown on like this big field. I was like the smallest kid out there. And so I kind of just dropped that. And it was kind of like that that first big dream mm-hmm. that like went went south. You know what I mean? And then... After that, I, I felt pretty lost in life after that because I didn't know who I was. I kind of lost my identity when I dropped baseball. And uh, so my first couple of high school years were pretty tough. I had, like, a lot of social anxiety. Um, some people even asked me, like, if, if I even talked sometimes, you know. So, you know, the, that was kind of, like, my biggest hardship, you know, growing up. And then uh, I found American Ninja Warrior about halfway through high school. And uh, if you don't know what American Ninja Warrior is, it's the hardest obstacle course in the world. They do it in all the major cities like Philadelphia, Atlanta, and then the major one is in Las Vegas. And uh, so I started that when I was 15 years old, just because I'm, I'm, at first my mom showed me on TV the show, and uh, I always thought it was impossible. You know what I mean? Like, she she showed me I I looked up to these guys and like these guys are crazy I can never do that and then I ended up ended up trying it out when I was 15 I I just started doing a bunch of pull-ups I was running I was swimming just out of nowhere and then I just wanted to build a same ladder in my backyard which is uh it's like where you take a bar like a pull-up bar that's a free bar and you jump it up rungs that are like a foot apart so I built that and I, I nailed it first try. I remember like the first time I ever did it, I just nailed it. And like everyone was super surprised that I could do that, including myself. And then, uh, yeah, man, it just took off from there. You talked about Derek Jeter being kind of that influence in your life. And I can relate to that because Derek Jeter, I have a jersey of his in my house and I'm not even from New York, but he played yeah. such a big part in so many people's lives. What was something about Derek Jeter that kind of was starstruck for you? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is just like his leadership. I mean, he took the Yankees to like five World Series, I think in a row. I mean, he won a bunch of world championships and he was just the star player out in the Yankees. Like that he was everyone's favorite player. If you were a Yankees fan, Derek Jeter was probably your favorite player. And uh, you know, growing up I just I really looked up to him. I always wore like the number two whenever I could in Little League. And uh yeah, I just love the way he played, I love the way he hustled. Taking those same skills, is that what you did on the baseball field when you were playing? Yeah, man. So my dad played a big role in that because, I mean, first of all, he's the one who introduced me to baseball. 
you know, he was a Yankee fan himself. And, you know, he was the one who really taught me how to grind, you know, how to actually go out and work for something. Um, you know, and he, he made sure that I knew that, you know, it's not going to get handed to you. You know, you're going to have to work for this. Like, like I wanted to be a New York Yankee. He told me that, like, the chances are pretty slim. Like, almost nobody makes it, you know what I mean? Like, for that to happen. So, you know, he told me, like, how hard it was. So, you know, that's, that's kind of the mentality I got when I was really younger. And I just applied that to other things in my life as my life went on. You talked about in high school where people maybe thought, oh, you didn't talk. But when you were playing baseball, was that personality different? And when that ended, that's when really the change in your personality was going in a different direction. Do you feel baseball kind of brought that energy out of you? Yeah, I think that's kind of when it happened. And I know like when you go through your early teenage years, there's a lot of changes going on. You start hanging out with new people. And when you don't really feel like you fit in anywhere, um, a lot of anxiety comes. Mm-hmm. And like things, you know, when you get to high school, like there's the kids are a lot bigger. You're going through puberty, you know. Um, people are a lot more social. This, that, and the third is happening. So it was just like a lot to take in. And I just, I, I wouldn't say I've always been like a super quiet kid, but I was kind of been a quiet kid. And then I just got even more quiet when I got to high school. And it took me a while to get outside my show. Do you feel if you continued with baseball, you wouldn't gotten these other opportunities or your path would have been completely different? Do you feel that maybe going in that new direction brought a good thing for you because you got to experience a lot more that you wouldn't have been able to do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a fight too. Like I, I wanted to stick with baseball and my parents. Like, I remember I went to the first baseball trial in high school and I completely just buffed it. And I had no idea what was going on, but I literally couldn't throw anymore. Like, I used to be like one of the most accurate pitchers. Like, I, like I, I was known for being able to throw strikes in Little League, you know what I mean? And then I, I got to the tryout and I literally like couldn't hit my, hey, my man. And I could, I don't know why, but looking back, you know, I think God just gave me a sign, even though it was like painful in that in that moment um that it's time to move on to something else because you know i have bigger and better skills and other things and yeah I, I think god just has a plan for all of us even though sometimes it will happen with struggle and challenge and all that kind of stuff when you were preparing for like ninja warrior courses at a young age were you trying to look at people like your size physicality and that play in a big difference did you train a lot harder or just be your natural self and perform those obstacles yeah so I mean I started my American Ninja Warrior journey probably like I started doing stuff like that back in like eighth grade like I I just I watched a show and I saw people doing flips and rock climbing and climbing this and um I just kind of started getting addicted to that kind of thing. I remember in eighth grade, I learned how to do a backflip and like I went, went to school and I, I probably did a backflip like 20 times that day because everyone was just asking me to do backflips. So I kind of got um, a lot of like significance from that. You know, I kind of stood out. That's kind of what made me stick out. So I kind of really drove on that and I started doing a little bit of rock climbing. And then, yeah, I, I kept watching the show, really looked up to the people I'm like, yo, I actually want to try this. But there was no gyms in my area. I think the closest one was 
like two and a half hours away. And there was probably like five gyms in the whole country. And now there's hundreds. So uh, the only way to really practice was to build obstacles in my backyard. So that's exactly what I did and uh, built the salmon ladder. And I would just be out on the salmon ladder every single day practicing. And then I started going to competitions. Um, and my first competition I went to, um, I did really good in the practice and the warmups. And there was a bunch of ninjas there. And after I got done with that competition, I remember me and my dad, we got in the car and uh, it was like, damn, like you're pretty good. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I, I ended up like falling on like the second obstacle in the competition. It was a balance obstacle because I didn't know how to balance it all. So after that, I went back and I practiced balance. And I think my next competition, I got fourth in. And then after that, I started winning. I started winning pretty much every other competition I went to. Like, it didn't really matter who was there. The guys on the show it didn't matter. Um, like, when I showed up during competition, like, my name was out there. Like, I was trying to win every single one. Was this at the time before, like, you got to the show? These were, like, the small yeah. challenge or competitions in the local area. You mentioned you had influencers in the Ninja Warrior world. Who were those people for you? Yeah, so some of the ones that stuck out to me, um, Joe Moravsky is probably the first one because he was my favorite ninja when I got introduced to it. And I saw him at that first competition. Another one would be uh, Chris Wilczewski. He was the he, he's the one who first started the first national ninja league. It's a, it's like a league outside the show. Um, yeah, there's there's a ton of others I can name. I can go on and on. Um, Jamie, Ron, um, there's a bunch of them, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I looked up to those guys a lot. But um, after, I would say, after after 15, 16, 17, I was trying to beat them all. Like, at every competition <laughs> I went to, I was, yeah. <laughs> so it was really cool to just, uh, you know, kind of find myself in something, kind of fit in somewhere and have, like, that identity again after, you know, I lost it with baseball. It's interesting when you hear a lot of the stories of the athletes. They all have different backgrounds of when they start getting into the sport. And I've had previous guests where they've been on Ninja Warrior, but they all started later in their lives where you started at a young age. Do you think that kind of helped you when preparing for that eventual being on the show? Do you think that gave yeah, you the advantage? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, if you look at the sport now, I don't know if you follow it at all. Um, I barely do anymore. But when I left it, the teenagers pretty much took over. And I was the best when I was probably 16, 17, 18. Um, because you're lighter and you don't get injured as much and you're less scared. There's less fear. Like you just you don't even understand how dangerous it is what you're doing. So that's a that's a huge advantage. And you also have so much time. Like let's face it, like grown ups. <laughs> Grownups that you know they own businesses, they they um have to they have families stuff like that, so they don't have so much time. But if you're a teenager, you have all the time in the world to do whatever you want, you know. So yeah, the teenagers really took over in the last couple of years. I think the last two years, the the grand champion was like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen in there. I, I want to be that young again. Um, I, yeah. I wish I could be able to do some of those obstacles because I'm a lot, I think the balance, when you mentioned the balance ones, I'm like, I'm pretty good at balance, but if it's anything upper body, just drop me in the water. Like it, yeah. it ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Doing the small competitions, 
you talked about the salmon ladder being something that you practice a lot. Is there another obstacle that was a favorite of yours? Sorry. Yeah. Um, starting out. Um, yeah. I mean, starting out, there wasn't that many obstacles out there that you could do um, just because like the gyms weren't developed yet. So there was like the warp wall. There was uh, the cliffhanger. Cliffhanger is definitely one of my favorites. It's like a fingertip ledge, it's like an inch and a half at the most. And you have to traverse this ledge and make jumps. And sometimes you have to do like a 180 jump and go backwards. Um, so, yeah, those two stuck out to me. But as I went on, the pegboard was something I was probably like, I was probably the best at. Like if there was a world record for the pegboard, I would go for it. Um, and rope climb. Like I, I love climbing ropes, which is the last uh, stage in uh, American Ninja Warrior is a rope climb. I, I did, I've done like 120 foot rope climbs before. Um, I just, I guess I have the body type for it and I just have a really good technique. So those are probably my two favorite. Did you ever think about this being a full-time career? Um, so the only way to make it a full-time career is really doing things outside the show. Um, you could win the show and win the million dollars, which in return would probably be like 600,000, <laughs> which would be great. Like you'd probably be set after that, not with that money, but you know, going on and creating a gym, creating a business with that money. Um, but yeah, I actually did create a career out of this. Um, first I was a ninja coach at two ninja warrior gyms. Um, so I coached a bunch of kids, adults, stuff like that. And then uh, I met a buddy at one of my ninja gyms and we started a business where we built American Ninja Warrior um, obstacles or courses at people's houses. So in their backyards, their basements. And then we started doing summer camps, ninja gyms. Um, and that really took off. I, I did that like pretty much right when I got out of college. I only went, I only went to community college for two years. And then, yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I wanted, I wanted to start making money. You know, I wanted yeah. to get a real job. So, uh, we just off the whim, like, I don't know how it worked, but it worked quick. And, and we just started doing that and it really took off. Did you have your family and friends support with your dream doing all this? Or was it, they were maybe asking questions on what is Ninja Warrior? What's, how are you going to make money? How are you making day by day? Things like that. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely had a ton of support. Um, one thing I will say is my dad, um, he actually passed away a month before I went on the show. And uh, at my dad's funeral, I actually got the call to compete on American Ninja Warrior my first ever season. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was that was super hard. Um, but I went on that, that season, made it through qualifiers in Philadelphia, made it through finals in Philadelphia. And, uh, I ended up being the youngest one ever to make it to Las Vegas. So, um, here I am the youngest one ever to make it to Las Vegas. My dad passed away like two months ago and, uh, you know, I step up on the starting block, um, stage one. Now these obstacles are like, they're big. Um, some of the obstacles are like 20 feet above water. There's one super iconic obstacle. It's kind of like a, you kind of like grab onto this, this track. It's kind of almost like a roller coaster and you swing down this track and then you launch yourself and you catch another one and then you launch yourself to a platform. And that thing's like 20, 25 feet above water. It's terrifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I got through that. I, I got through that course. I remember it was, it was the run of my life. Um, and I watched so many of my idols go out before me. And that made me super nervous. And I had like 15 family members fly in. 
So, you know, like I like have to perform at this point, you know, there's a lot of pressure on the line. And I just remember like I had five seconds left and that, that buzzer, like that goes like boom, boom. And it, it was just going down. I was climbing this cargo net, totally out of breath. And I just, I slammed the buzzer. And uh, yeah, I think that was like looking back throughout my whole life, that was probably the biggest moment of my life because one, you know, I kind of got my dream to like hit a buzzer on American Ninja Warrior in the finals in Las Vegas. And then two, I got to like dedicate that run to my dad. And, uh, you know, I had like a four BD in the back of his back of my shirt, which is, uh, which is for, for Brian day, which is my dad's name. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, I just, I remember turning the crowd. I'm like all the way up on this, probably like 50 feet in the air. And I just see the whole crowd. And I just like point to the back of the shirt and, uh, yeah, that's the moment I'll I'll take in forever. Did you during that time were the cameras not even like an issue for you? Like, oh, I'm on TV. Cool. I'm here to really showcase what I can do and show people who I am as an athlete. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it all adds up. I wouldn't say I was really thinking about the cameras, so to speak, but I mean, you're running over water. Sometimes there's like fire shooting up out of nowhere. Um, the lights, the lights are super bright. The crowds there pumping you up. You got um, Matt and Akbar in the in the commentating stand. So it all kind of adds up. It's like because I was doing normal ninja competitions in the gym, but like that is a whole nother stage. So I mean, the adrenaline rush, even when you walk up to the platform. Um, your heart's already beating like you're pretty much already tired yeah you know what i mean because like i mean your heart's just pounding and like you have to breathe more and yeah the nerves get to you pretty quick i don't know if you know like what adrenaline rush is but like your mouth gets super dry but you get super in the moment you get super dialed in the moment and it's kind of just like tunnel vision so to speak out there for someone that's listening to this interview that wants to participate and go for that show opportunity, what would you tell someone to, to start that journey to get to where you actually got to? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's just like anything else. Um, surround yourself with people that are way better than you. So first of all, find a ninja gym that's close to you. Find the best people in that ninja gym and train with them. Um, and, you know, make sure you do the proper things like diet, Make sure you stretch beforehand. Make sure, I mean, it's a pretty, um, pretty injury prone sport. So, you know, you have to, you have to really take care of yourself, but yeah, find the best people in your area and train with them. It's that simple. Would you do anything different in your experience or do you feel that every step you took got you to where you needed to be? Yeah, I'm a strong believer in that, you know, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be in this moment. And, you know, back then, I didn't always think that I've said a lot more of a negative mindset, like, why is this kind of happened to me? But looking back, like all those challenges, the setbacks, the struggles, the heartbreaks, they got me exactly where I am today. And the, the, the person I became today. Do you ever have those fun times where you rewatch yourself on the show? or clips obviously there's probably clips or was nbc peacock network has the episodes do you ever reminisce on that journey 
Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things on my Instagram. I'll like, I'll go back and I'll, I'll watch my, my stage two run or my stage one run. Um, my, my run that got aired on TV, like literally national time, prime time, NBC, um, it's on YouTube. Uh, but it's, it's kind of hard to watch because the story, the background of the story is on my dad. So I, I watch it once in a while, but it, it's kind of hard for me to watch. Did you ever think about what happens if an injury came about and your Ninja Warrior just ended? What's the backup plan? Because a lot of people, they ha- they want to become an athlete, but they always don't think about that backup plan because anything can happen nowadays. Did that ever cross your mind? On Because you talked about that you had the businesses, you were a coach, so you had other opportunities, but what happens if it was all done? Yeah. Um, I mean, at the time when I went on the show for the first season at 19, I think I was just a ninja coach. I was just getting in college. So honestly, no, I didn't have a backup plan. I, like, that was my life. Like, I was all in on that. Like, I'm a strong believer in, like, just only having a plan A. And, mm-hmm. you know, if plan A, if plan A fails and I had that injury, then it would have just led me somewhere else. But I mean, exactly. what's the sense of? What's the sense of thinking about it? You know, like I'm going to go, I'm going to go do that anyway. You know what I mean? I totally agree. I think if you have an opportunity, you go for it. You don't want to do it at 50% and say, well, I wish I did it better because your journey, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. There's thousands of people that wish they had the same opportunity as you, but they don't because obviously TV shows, they're create, they have a limited amount of spots. So you got one of those spots. So I think if you have that opportunity, you got to go for it. Exactly. Yeah. I think plan B is kind of, it's kind of like a way out, you know, like if you have that way out, are you going to give a hundred percent into your plan A? Correct. I don't know. So I I don't like having a plan B, you know, I'm all in on my plan A. You mentioned a little bit a while ago about fitness and diet and things like that. Since that happened, how has fitness played a big part in your life now? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of done a lot. Um, Like I ran a marathon probably about a month ago. Um, I've done Tough Mudders. You know, I've worked out in the gym. I've done CrossFit. I'm kind of all over the place. I've kind of, I don't know exactly what I want, like what my next goal is. But like, I'm always, I'm like, I, the fitness journey hasn't stopped. Like, it's going to keep going. I don't know what, I don't know what's next right now. It could be a triathlon. It could be boxing. I, I've done a little bit of boxing. I kind of want to get into that. Um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I'm always into fitness, always into working out, keep my body in shape. Do you feel that you have to have that competitive fitness, like competitions and stuff because you came from that and that kind of keeps you going it keeps you driving yeah i mean i think fitness is a huge part of life and uh like it just applies to life in so many aspects you know if if i'm taking care of my body chances are i'm probably taking care of my business i'm taking care of the customers in my business i'm uh like my my craft like filmmaking i'm probably doing pretty good with that too and like you know, when you work out your body, you work out your mind. It's not just physical, it's mental. And you just feel so much better when you're working out. Um, yeah, I think it just, it's so good for you. And it's, it's a need. I think it's a need for everybody. Um, not everyone prioritizes it, it, but, uh, I think it's definitely a need. You talked about filmmaking, content creation. When did you first find that passion? Yeah. Um, 
so I've kind of always been creating videos just like growing up. Like I've always been that kid with the camera out, whether it was like my iPod in middle school. Like I remember in, in middle school, I used to, I, I'm just a kid where I would just get really bored. Um, so like I would literally take my iPhone out and get some friends together. and We would film like pranks in middle school. Uh, as funny as that sounds, that's kind of like how it started. And then, you know, with the American Ninja Warrior stuff, you have to make a submission video. So, like, I remember I went all out in that submission video. Um, and it, also in high school, I took, like, a video editing class. So that's kind of where I got, like, the knowledge to be able to do all that stuff. Um, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't good, so to speak. I never had, like, a professional background in it. But, yeah, I've just kind of been making videos growing up. And then my my first business, where we built the American Ninja Warrior courses, um, that's how we really marketed was with my videos. I would just, I, I got a drone, I would film with my iPhone and I would just make like highlight videos of the courses that we made. So yeah, I've always been kind of making videos. And then uh, my business partner, he actually quit on me out of nowhere. Oh. And um, so I was like, I don't know if I want to keep doing the builds. If I wanted to keep doing the builds, I would have to find somebody else. And it really just wasn't lighting me up. Um, because building isn't isn't really my thing, but marketing is, right? So I was kind of like the marketer and he was the builder. So uh, I decided to create an online course for American Ninja Warrior on tutorials on, you know, you know, how to do the obstacles, like the work wall, workouts, how to train your balance, mindset, all that stuff. So that is really where I, you know, I got a camera, I got the audio equipment, I got the lighting equipment, and I pretty much just started winging it. And I got a I got a film crew together, and they taught me a lot, and uh, that's really where I I got my filmmaking skills. That's where I really amped it up. Did you get a lot of like positive responses from those courses that you did? Yeah, I thought you know at the time when we did it, I thought we were the best ones for sure. Like we we put in so much effort. Like for me, like um, I need to deliver. If I don't deliver, then I don't feel like I deserve that money. And you know, I think mm -hmm. that's that's what a, bi a business the definition of a business is a way to help people. And if I can help people and give enough value and then, you know, I deserve the money, you know what I mean? So yeah, definitely. When you're going out to a site or filming, what are you looking for in that location? Um, you know, well, it really depends on what I am filming. So I do a lot of brand stories for like entrepreneurs and coaches so it, it really depends on what exactly they do. So, um, you know, say if they're an MMA coach, I'm going to go to their MMA gym or going to capture them in their element teaching and say on the side, they like to go on adventures. They like to go on hikes. We're going to go on hikes. And uh, I'm going to make sure I do it during like prime time sun hours because you go at noon. That's like the worst time to shoot because it's so bright. So I'll go, I'll probably go at like sunset or sunrise. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of some things to keep, keep an account for. So the reason I ask that is in marketing, usually you can tell what's the story of what you're trying to yeah. capture. And definitely right. from the videos that I've seen you do, you are a storyteller. You are telling a yeah. story in just a short amount of seconds where, like you mentioned, the MMA um, entrepreneur you, and you're capturing them fighting or training. We can tell what you're trying to capitalize and market. So definitely with marketing, storytelling is so key because you need to know what we're trying to sell and you are selling that story. With that, your videos are amazing that I've seen. I mean, it, I, 
looks like I'm literally flying a hel- over in a helicopter or something, even with the drone footage. When you see that footage after you capture it, does it make you like, okay, when's the next time I'm going to go do this? I want to go do it again. Or what can I do different? Are you always like thinking of those fun ways of changing it up or mixing it up? Oh, yeah. I'm always trying to get better and just like add different skill sets and different kind of shots and, you know, all that. But yeah, you're right. Like it's all about creating a story. Like people aren't going to pay attention if you don't follow that storyline. Like people want to feel an emotions. Like it's not about the video equipment that you have or, you know, the lights, the camera, you know, it's not really about that. It's, you know, what do you make them feel? You yeah. know, what, what, what feelings do you get when you watch that video? Do you feel inspired at the end of the video? And does it, do you get sad and then like it comes up and then you get inspired? So it, it's kind of all about that. It's all about how you make them feel and telling a story with that. And if you can, if someone has a brand or they have a personal brand, you know, they want, they want their customers to know, like, and trust them. So mm-hmm. what better, but what better way to do that than to tell a story, to tell their story. Creating content, what has it taught you about yourself or a skill that you didn't know you had in you? Yeah, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is patience. Um, I don't know if people understand how much patience goes into filmmaking. Um, First of all, you know, you have to set up, you know, you got to set up the lights and stuff like that. Sometimes that takes like an hour. People have no idea how long it takes. And then um, the editing process, you have to be extremely patient. You know, a lot of my interviews are like an hour long and I got to condense them to like three minutes. So I got to make sure I pick the very best <laughs> spots in that interview to create the best story. So yeah, definitely patience. I can definitely relate. I am not a patient person. I'm like, okay, how fast can I get this done? I have systems, but then it's like, it's never going to come out perfectly the first time. I mean, even when you take a photo, you're you're always think when people use their iPhones, they're snapping 20 photos. They know the first photo ain't going to be the perfect one. So they're hoping that it gets fixed by the 20th one. Has there when you're having a challenging situation, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, like if someone like feels uncomfortable or you know, there's a mistake on set. Like I take full accountability for that. That's like totally my priority. Um, so when challenges come up, I mean, just like anything else, like you just adjust and keep moving forward. Because I mean, it's that simple. Like as an entrepreneur and a creative, like flexibility and uncertainty is, you know, at at the top and you yeah. got to be ready for anything, you know? So yeah, just make adjustments. Don't get in your head about it and just move forward and make the best decision you can make in that moment. So far in filmmaking for you, it, has there been a memorable moment in your journey so far? Um, you know, I guess the, the big memorable moment would be um, my business partner. He was actually like my first customer, I guess you could say. And uh, we've been friends. We met through um, American Ninja Warrior at American Ninja Warrior Gym. And he's he's really been a big mentor to me um, over the past couple of years, even with my old business. You know, he taught me so much. And I remember I did a, a couple projects for him. I was producing content, social media content for him. And uh, I was in Florida at the time and he just calls me up and uh, he's like, do you want to start a business with me? And like, I was like, 
damn, like, cause this guy, I mean, he owns like seven other businesses. He's really, really, really successful. And to partner with him, that just meant like so much to me. So I just remember getting that call and uh, I was like, wow, I, I feel like, you know, this is really going to take off. It's really going to change my life. And yeah, it was a, that was a really good moment. So something we have in common, obviously not American Ninja Warrior finalists, but podcast hosts, we are similar in. How did that start for you? That's funny you ask. Uh, <laughs> my my best friend, his name's Drew. Um, I think like this was probably like two and a half years ago. He, he said like, I want to start a podcast just like out of nowhere. And I, we, we didn't really even talk about it until like a year and a half after that. And uh, I remember I had the camera equipment. I had the mics. So um, one day I told him to come over and we're going to shoot the first episode of the podcast literally just wing it and like we at the time we had no idea what the podcast was, was even going to be about um not even the niche nothing like we we're just going to turn on the cameras and wing it so uh yeah i remember the first podcast we did uh we turned on the cameras we looked at each other and we just we just started laughing because we had no <laughs> idea what to do um yeah but and then you know we just winged it it came out pretty decent we we threw it out there um, we just started on YouTube. Like we didn't even have Spotify until like uh, probably like six, seven months after that. And then we got on Spotify. I think we, we only got like five episodes. So we we're pretty new. But uh, what we do the most of is create uh, content. We we take podcast clips like we're doing now and uh, put it out on social media, Instagram, TikTok. We throw our stuff up on YouTube too. And uh, yeah, it's called the Right Now Show. Um, right now, just because being in the right now is the only thing we have. And the only thing that is truly real is right now. That's kind of why we call it the right now show, but it's more like a podcast for the younger generation, you know, people in their twenties. Um, and it focuses on mindset, health, um, athletes, that kind of stuff. I love just the theme of it where, I mean, for you being a production expert where the camera, the light and all that, you have a specialty in but yeah. you get to do something even more with that kind of special skills that you have. And I like that you did it around something that is passionate for you, where the title means a lot to you, similar to my title. It means so much. It's a model that I live by, where I think a lot of people in the podcast, they do it for others. Like, what does the public want? But if you're not passionate about it, who's going to care about it also? Is there a yeah. goal that you have with the show? Is it a topic that you're hoping to get to, a guest, a kind of milestone? What is that vision for you? Yeah, I mean, I guess the goal is just to inspire people to be better um, in their health, in their lifestyle, in their mindset. And I mean, the other goal is just to have fun with it, like bring on our friends and just chat it up and have fun. Um, but another recent goal that I had that we have with it is, uh, we, all the three of us who are the podcast host, um, we just started a coaching program. Like literally this happened like last week, <laughs> not even joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so we started a coaching program and it's all about achieving your dream lifestyle. That's, uh, you know, your health, diet, fitness, and, um, achieving your purpose. And it's, it's mostly for, you know, men in their twenties. So that's 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 the new goal that we're going after. Well, speaking of that coaching business, how do you yeah. try to stand out and get people to say, I trust these guys and not my competition? Because 
you go on social media, you go anywhere, there's thousands of people doing the same thing. But what, how do you try to get people to come to you? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, myself, I was on American Ninja Warrior. Um, I'm running marathons. We're doing things like going in ice baths. Um, my other partner, um, Drew, he just got done with a 50-mile race. He trained for, I don't know, five, six months, 50-mile race. Um, Jake, my, the other guy, he is a medical professional. He's running a marathon next week. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like, we don't just, we don't just talk. You know, we walk the walk. So, I mean, just showing that proof and just showing, you know, why we're doing this. We're doing this to impact and help people. You know, that's that's the real core why we're doing it. So I think that's what makes us unique. I love that. I love that where you guys do the action and not just say it. Because I hate when people that tell me how to do it, but they don't know. They don't know anything about it. And I go, yeah, come back to me in a year when you try doing it. And then tell me what the results are. Exactly. What, are, what are some personal goals for you? We've talked about your career. What are something you hope to accomplish in the next few years? Yeah, I mean, I guess one thing about me is that I just love the adventure of life and I love the uncertainty of life. I love kind of what's knowing what's going to happen or not knowing what's going to happen next. Like, I, I kind of love that. Like, I love just being curious and not knowing. Um but I mean, some, some goals, um, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I actually, I want to move out with my friends. Um, I don't know where, but I mean, I like overall, just me in general, I just want to impact as many people as I can with my unique skills. And I want to travel the world and go on as many adventures as I possibly can. And yeah, I, I just love being curious and being uncertain. Um, that's kind of just, yeah, I don't, I don't have, I don't really have any specific goals right now besides with my career and this coaching business and you know the fitness challenges they're going to pop up too but I'll kind of just take them when they come you mentioned moving out where do you see yourself where would you want to live um yeah so I'm in Pennsylvania right now I really like Texas I really like Nashville I really like Scottsdale um parts in Florida are cool um (laughs) Yeah, we're going all over the map here (laughs) i know yeah um i mean i travel a lot i mean i just like to travel in general so i don't know i think i think maybe like uh like career will bring me there or i'll go there and there's there's just going to be a sign but yeah i mean those are my favorite spots so far so probably one of those spots um right now i think my favorite so far would probably be scottsdale if i had to pick I can see you using that drone going over the desert area. I'm already pitching yeah. it. I'm like, oh yeah, rear can go there. You would be perfectly fine, almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You talked about traveling. Now, is tra- your like dream traveling destination completely different than those places? Yeah, my uh, my top one on my bucket list is Hawaii. Okay. And, uh, after, after that, I'd probably say like Greece or uh, maybe Ireland. I want to, yeah, get out there for sure. Those are some good spots. Yeah. Looking at your journey so far, is there something that you wish, or is there something that you told yourself at a young age that you still use today? Someone told you something to live by and you still utilize that today. Yeah. I mean, my dad used to always tell me, you know, uh, what's the most important thing? 
and he, you know, the answer is family. So that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and in the, like the recent years, um, my, like the biggest quote that comes to mind or biggest, just honestly, it's just two words. It's just keep going, you know, no matter how hard things get, no matter what challenges or setbacks get in your way, you just got to keep going. And that's the answer. The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge? Yeah. Um, you know, the first thing is don't settle, you know, actually go after your dream because I mean, that's the only thing that's really going to make you happy. If you, if you feel like you're settling and, listening to some boss that you just don't like every single day and deep down you really want to be doing something else i mean that's going to hurt especially when you get older you're going to live with those what ifs or i wish i did that or this um and then another thing would be surround yourself with the best possible people that you can mentors you know you are the five people you spend the most time with i know everyone's heard that so who are those five people and if they shouldn't be those five people change them um, and figure out how you can, I mean, pay for mentorship programs, whatever it is you have to do. You know, if you're in fitness, go to the gym, find like the, the most ripped guys, hang out with them. I mean, we, we, you just gonna like, like if you surround yourself with them, you're, you're going to get big too, you know? And the last thing I'll say is, you know, live right now, like put your focus on right now. I mean, the past and the future, it just, it's, it's not there. The only thing you have is right now. So focus on the present moment. Well, Zach, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited to see what the future looks like for you. Thanks, Alex. Really appreciate you having me on. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to the full-length episode and video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.